morning. Excited to be with you this morning. We're starting a new series of messages. So excited I dressed up for the occasion. I wore a shirt with buttons in the front. That's uh, that's that's good for our church. <laughs> Who did that last week? Was that Matthew? Maybe? No, somebody. Never mind. Well, the series is very, very exciting because it impacts the church right where we stand and how we get together. It impacts your lives every day in and day out. So I'm really, really uh, enthused about it. The follow-up, last time we were studying discipleship, this works perfectly to follow that. We're going to study the, the purposes of our church, the purposes of, of why we get together, uh, what we do when we get together, how our lives interact with each other, even when we're not officially together. And it's going to really show us how to take this discipleship stuff we've learned and dug into. So really, uh, how do we act as a team in that? How does the family part of that come together? We know that uh, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you are a follower of Christ. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And your privilege is now to live your life as He would have you live it, in service to Him. But we know that that's tough. Thankfully, as we touched on a little, this church family is all about supporting each other in that. That's why we exist. We support each other and we work hard to, to show others the, the truth of Christ. And that is a team activity. No one can do it on their own. Uh, in a time where it seems like a given family is an island, uh, not the case. There's been a lot of comments made about uh, taking a village to raise a, a child. Well, it takes an entire family, a church family, for disciples to grow up, adult or children. That's what we need. That's what we need to focus on. And so the next seven, six or seven weeks, we're going to be studying how does, how does Great Adventure function? What are our purposes as a family? And then there's a lot of individual um, pieces of that, that you as a part of this family have to be fulfilling your role in order for the whole family to work together well. So we're going to be taking a look at several passages, but our main, our main uh, chunk of verses is going to be from Acts 2, uh, starting in 42. So you can open your Bibles there. And maybe before we, we begin, if uh, Aaron Harlow would be willing to ask the Lord to bless this time, ask the Lord to open up our hearts and uh, allow us to learn uh, what He has us to obey. So. When we were studying discipleship, one of the keys that we pointed out was devotion. We have to be devoted followers of Christ. Christ gave everything. He gave His own life for us. He didn't hold back at all. Uh, we know that being fully God, He didn't have to do anything. He didn't need us. But the fact that He, he was willing to lay aside heaven and come down to earth as a baby and then grow up as a man... And then he went to the cross and he died on the cross and he paid for your sin on the cross. And uh, John 1 says that anyone who receives that gift as their own has eternal life and becomes a follower of Christ. He was devoted to you. When you know him, we have to be devoted to him. And we cannot be a follower if we're not devoted. Uh, Jesus himself talks in Revelation that he doesn't want lukewarm followers. He doesn't want wishy-washy people. 
he says in Revelation 3 to, to a group of uh, followers, he said, either be hot or cold. Don't be this lukewarm stuff. It makes me want to puke. Those are his exact words where it makes me want to spew you out of my mouth. We need to be devoted. There's no room for lukewarm. And if we take a look around, you won't have to look far. You can look at my life, you can look at other lives, and you'll see a degree of lukewarm following. And if we're going to be true followers, that has to be checked at the door. As Aaron said, we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit teach us to move past that, to move beyond that. The exciting thing is that life is so full and rich for a devoted follower of Christ. There's a joy and a fulfillment and a peace that comes from following Christ that cannot be matched by anything that the world or living for self has to offer. So that's exciting. But without devotion, without being a devoted follower, we are missing out on our purpose and on a great opportunity. So when we talk about devotion, now we transition to the purpose of the church. In Acts 2.42, this is a group of early believers. Jesus Christ had died. He had risen from the dead. He was now uh, speaking to them, and then he went back up into heaven. His, some of his final words were, continue on, make, di make disciples. And then there was this group of Christians that was left to follow after Christ. And this is about them. And in Acts 2.42, read with me. The scripture says that they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We'll read some other verses shortly that talk about two other, at least two other things that they were very devoted to. But devotedness is key. Being a devoted follower is key. So, when we look at these purposes, why do we exist? Why does the Great Adventure Church exist? Why do you function in that? The key is devotion. The key is devotion. Uh, let's read a little bit more. Those same verses. We read that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Reverential awe came over everyone, and many wonders and miraculous signs came about by the apostles. All who believed were together and held everything in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and distributing the proceeds to everyone as anyone had need. Every day they continued together by common consent in the temple courts, breaking bread from house to house, sharing their food with glad and humble hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved. If you have your pen and your notebook and you're kind of looking for an outline for the next seven, six or seven weeks, here's, here's the outline. We believe wholeheartedly that our purposes as a church are to fulfill six key roles, at least six key roles. Those roles, some of them are underlined there. One, we need to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. And we're going to talk more about what that means. Two, we need to be devoted to fellowship. Three, we need to be devoted to the breaking of bread. Four, prayer. Five, if you go down there, you can see that these early followers were, were intense about serving each other. So service is a key purpose. And then at the very end, you can see that, that they did not let this joy and, and exuberance stay with them. They were sharing that with everyone around them. So evangelism is a huge part of, of the... Uh, purpose of what we do together. So six purposes, teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship, prayer, service, and evangelism. And we're going to dive into each of those for at least a week. I'm going to stop then. But today we talk about the apostles' doctrine or the apostles' teaching. So we move to that. And again, uh, one of the things that we need to understand going forward as we're talking about our church purpose, it is linked to your personal devotion. This church family is made up of individual people's lives. And if those individuals are not devoted to following Christ, then this entire church will suffer because of that. Corporate, meaning the family together, we need this devotion to these six purposes. But... Personal devotion is absolutely essential. And that means you. Your devotion to following Christ is critical to this church family. 
Let's briefly uh, look at a couple of things on this. Uh, there's going to be a, a passage, 1 Corinthians 12:26, that we're going to look at together. You can be turning there while we're, while we're leading up to that. But the bottom line is that your personal devotion to Christ impacts the entire church. Your spiritual health impacts the spiritual health of this church family. No man, no woman is an island. We are all interconnected. Listen to 1 Corinthians 12, 26. We are all in this together. If you're suffering, either in your walk with Christ or in your surrounding circumstances of life, all of us suffer with you. If you're struggling in your spiritual walk, this church is struggling because the church is made up of each one of our lives. This is something that, that this popular culture, where the time we're in right now, we ignore this. We say church is all about coming, one, if you're really on the ball, twice a week, sitting in a chair for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, again, if you're really super spiritual, and then leaving. Not the case. This church is made up based on several spiritual lives working together and teaming together. And your spiritual condition is a key part of that. When you suffer, all of us suffer. The illustration of the chain is a great one. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. A church is only as devoted as its members, as the, as the believers making that church up. So if you're struggling spiritually, we all struggle. Now the great news of this is we know that all of us struggle at some point. That's not the great news. But the great news is, is because we know that, we can support each other. We can help each other. Uh, I talked about two struggles. I talked about the spiritual struggles. And uh, I was humbled leading up to this time. I was, I was examining my own life and realizing, you know, I, I'm not on my A-plus game spiritually. There are some struggles that I'm going through that, that I, I really need to kick up the devotion a few notches. And from our talk Wednesday night, I'm, it's a little fearful saying that because I don't want you to think less of me, but that's the reality. And the good news is, is I know that you guys are there for me to encourage and to push and to help so that I can be restored again to the, the full devotedness that we need. But we also know that there's other struggles. There's people hurting among us. There's health hurts, and there's family hurts, and there's financial hurts. Uh, when 1 Corinthians talks about one member of the church suffering, it's not just your spiritual condition, it's the circumstances. And if you're suffering, this church family is here for you. Now, we're not perfect in that. We've got a lot to learn in that, but we need to work together to support each other. And that kind of devotion to each other can really build the church as a whole. So I say that for you to understand and for me to be reminded and uh, understand again that we are all in this together. And as each one of us grows and is strengthened, the church is strengthened. If you're struggling, the entire church is struggling, whether we're aware of it or not. So let's look specifically at what the uh, church is supposed to be devoted to. Again, today we said we're going to study about devotion to the apostles' teaching. What's the apostles' teaching? Well, the bottom line is the apostles' teaching is a devoted following of what Christ said he wants. The bottom line is that the apostles' teaching, and I'll break this down further, comes down to the Bible, the Word of God. This is God's Word to you. Uh, Verses in the Bible literally say that the pages, the writing in these pages are literally God-breathed. And Theron talked about that to us in the last couple of weeks. But this is God's instructions. This is God's heart for you to hear. And the early church was devoted to hearing God's Word and to learning God's Word. Now, officially, the apostles teaching apostles uh, were were individuals who had seen the risen Christ who knew Jesus firsthand. So they were able to hear what he had said and they were able to then teach to others what Christ was all about. But we know that Christ 
was very devoted to the entire Word of God. So we know that... Uh, whoa, that was... Sorry. Nice, okay. So we know that the Apostles' teaching includes the entire Word of God. The, the steps on that are the Apostles learned from Christ. Well, Christ is God. So he's the author of the entire Word of God. And we know that Christ himself regularly quoted from all through the Word of God. So when we talk about a church need, needing to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, what we're saying is that we need to be a church who's devoted to the Word of God. Devoted to the Word of God. Let's take a look at a couple of these verses, and I, I hope the message of God's Word will come through to you on this. John 17, 14 through 17. This is an intimate conversation between Jesus Christ and His Father in heaven. And He says, Set them apart. Make them whole. Make them right by Your truth. And He says, Father, Your Word is truth. Jesus says that this entire Word is truth. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. Who wrote 1 Corinthians? Professor Leverance uh, is watching for any of the, you that have his class. Didn't, that wasn't loud enough. Can we hear that a little more? Who wrote 1 Corinthians? Paul. And he was an apostle, wasn't he? And in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, Follow me as I follow Christ. So Christ's teaching, which then Christ directs back to the entire Word of God, is crucial to follow every day. And finally, Matthew 5:17. Who said that, Matthew? Jesus Christ Himself said that He didn't come so that the Old Testament, the first big part of your Bible, to say that that's not good anymore. He came to reaffirm that and to say that that is truth from God Himself. So the bottom line is that Christ taught the apostles. The apostles then were to teach the followers of God and we come back to the Word of God. This is what we're talking about. When we talk about a church being devoted to the apostles' teaching, we're saying that the church needs to be devoted to the Word of God. What does that mean? What does that mean? I heard something on a Christian radio station, I think it was a week ago, that made me a little, a little sad, a little surprised. Uh, there was a statement on the Christian radio station where they said they had a testimonial of someone that the, was on the air by the phone and they were saying that the Christian radio station had helped a lot and they made the comment that I even started reading my Bible each day. And it was this new revelation to this follower of Christ that they should be reading the Word. And the reality hit me that as a whole we are not reading the Word of God regularly. We're not digging into what God has to say to us. And as a norm, if we statistically analyzed all of our lives, how much time would we collectively spend searching the Word of God? Are we devoted to what God has to say? Are we spending time in the Word? John 15:7 talks about what that needs to look like. 15:7 talks about how intense how devoted we should be. Share that, please. Jesus said this. He used an illustration of a vine. A vine, a grapevine, and its branches. The branches are attached to essentially the trunk of the vine, and the trunk sucks up the nutrients and water from the soil and passes it along to the branches. If the branches get cut off from the the trunk, so to speak, what happens to the branches? They wither and die. What is Christ saying? What is your way of staying connected, of getting the nutrients you need? He said, abide in me and my word abides in you. You'll be fruitful. This is not a casual, occasional activity. This is a life 
practice. This is a lifeblood. How many of you have eaten today? Raise your hand if you've eaten something today. Okay, you're not naive to the fact that you need physical food or you're not going to last too long. This is spiritual food. This is God's lifeline to us. His message to us. Have we gone without eating today? Have we gone without eating this week? Are we as devoted to eating spiritually as we are to physically? If I were, I'd be fat spiritually, as you can tell. But the bottom line is we are not as dedicated to spiritual food nearly as much as we are to physical food. And that's got to change if we're going to be devoted followers. So as a church, we get together at least once a week as a whole family and we study the Word of God. That's what this is all about. Our purpose is so that each of us will grow from the Word. Each of us will hear what God has to say. Each of us will understand more deeply how that impacts your walk when you walk out this door and start living your life. That's why we do it. That's why we gather as a team. But your individual study of this Word is crucial. We're going to the chiropractor as a family and it's helping a ton, but she has these nasty home exercises. I only call them nasty because they're a pain to take time to do. But she says that coming to the chiropractor is great, but if we're not regularly going through these exercises at home, we're not going to have the full benefit of the, of the um, therapies, maybe not the right word, of the procedures. Our body is not going to heal and properly, properly align as efficiently if we just come to the chiropractor a couple times a week and we're not doing the home exercises every day. Anyone who's gone through physical therapy can identify with that. You've got to do the homework. If you're a student or have been a student, if you don't do the reading and study at home, the class lecture isn't nearly as effective. As a church, if this time together is the only time or one of the few times that you are studying God's Word, you're missing out. Your life cannot be as effective for Christ if you're not devoted to the Word of God. And as a church, we want to keep this devotion. Every time we come together, we want serious, purposeful, quality teaching from the Word of God. We believe that the Spirit of God Himself is what's going to provide that. That is, as men step before you each week and share what the Word of God teaches, we believe that the Spirit of God is going to give a message for your life. But that same Spirit of God wants to work in your life all through the week by your study of this Word. Take a look at Psalm 119. I spent a lot of time, a lot of time, I spent some time, significant time, in Psalm 119 in the last couple of weeks leading up to this because Psalm 119 is so much about being devoted to God's Word. And it's exciting when you read through these. I'd really encourage you to take it slow, but you notice there's all these little sections of Psalm 119. Maybe read a section of Psalm 119 a day. It is really, really great stuff. And one of my favorite sections, probably my favorite section, is Psalm 119, verse 9 through 16. And this is exactly the point of how intense our devotion to the Word needs to be. So read those verses with me. How can a young man keep his way pure? And understanding when it says young man, it's the generic sense. It's talking about men, women, children. How can young men keep his, his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that came from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. All kinds of different things that he said there. The bottom line is that Abiding in the Word of God, staying connected to the source of life is an intense, devoted way of life. And look at all the different things that 
that the uh, author of this passage is committing to regarding the Word of God. I hide it in my heart. What does that mean? What's that? I memorize it. I don't necessarily need to be looking at the actual words to know what the Scripture's talking about. I've got it in my heart so that when I'm on the, on the freeway or on the highway and somebody cuts me off, I've got verses right in my heart and mind to avoid the temptation that hits me there. I seek you with all my heart. You hear the intensity of that? Uh, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. What does that mean? How would you recount God's Word with your lips? Yeah, yeah, share it, quote it, speak of it. When we're together as a church family, either in this building or in other places, are we talking about the Word together? A devoted follower will talk about the Word. I rejoice in following your statutes. What's rejoicing all about? Being glad. There's an emotional connection. This isn't some sterile ritual that we go through. This is great stuff. My friend Aaron harasses me when I say exciting, but Aaron, this is exciting, okay? And it's real. There's a rejoicing that can happen if we know the Word. I meditate on your precepts. What does meditate mean? Think about it. Think about it. When I read the Word, is that the last time during the day that these thoughts are going through my head, or am I chewing this over mentally through the day? He says that's what a devoted follower does. We memorize the Word. We get excited about the Word. We talk about the Word. We think about the Word all through the day. And all these different precepts, commands, decrees, all of those are different terms for this Word of God. A devoted follower lives and breathes the Word of God. We've got to get better at this. We've got to get better at this. Now maybe, uh, maybe you're new to this idea of reading and following the Word of God, I would really, really encourage you to start this week. Start slowly. If you know Jesus as your Savior, if you have received Christ as your Savior, then pick some verses to just read so that you can grow closer and closer. If you're not convinced that you know Christ as your Savior, I'd really encourage you to start reading John, the book of John. It's in the New Testament. And start with a couple of verses. And ideally, talk to someone that you know who does have a personal relationship with Christ and ask them what it means. Go through these verses piece by piece. Some friends and I have loved doing this. We do it every Sunday night. And we're still going through. Do that because God wants to speak to you through His Word. We've got to get serious about being devoted to God's Word. As we do then this church as a whole will be fulfilling its purpose. Abiding involves our entire per person. This was very, very exciting to me. I want to touch on this. Matthew 22:37. So, again, pardon my somewhat detached thoughts. What I'm saying up to this point is what it looks like to be devoted to the Word. But now I want to show you um, how that devotion impacts your entire person. How this devotion to God's Word will tie into the, the actual life that you live every day. Listen to Matthew 22:37. This is Jesus speaking. And He's quoting some verses in the Old Testament, way back in Deuteronomy 6.5. And we'll look at both. But listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 22:37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Raise your hand if you've heard that verse before. Most of us have. This is a very, very, very... Uh, this, by the way, was in response... Jesus was talking about this in response to a teacher of the law asking him, kind of putting him to the test, asking him, what is the most important commandment for following God? And Jesus says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Turn to Deuteronomy 6. Jesus is quoting these verses, as I said. Deuteronomy is in the first few books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
page 257 for any of you lucky people with this quest study Bible. It's a good one. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, 4 and 5, Originally God said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus said, All your mind. Let's dig this through because this is life as a follower of Christ. And we're going to see how the Word of God fits into that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might or your strength. One, what is the heart? When God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, the word, digging into what the word really means, it's talking about your intellect, your brain, your mind, your knowledge, your will. What's your will? It's your desires. It's your passions. And thirdly, and don't forget this one, too many church families have forgotten that emotions are a part of your devotion to God. Love the Lord your God with all of your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Your emotions. We'll come back to these. The soul. What is your soul? The best, this is a tough one, but the best that I could study, the Hebrew words for soul are talking about your vitality, your life, your purpose, your passion, your existence. So love the Lord your God with your entire existence. And your might. This is a cool one. Love the Lord your God with all your might. This is talking not physical strength. This is talking about an increasing intensity. I love that. It's all about growth. It's all about growing more and more and more in love with God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your brains, your desires, your emotions, your soul, your very light, your existence, and your might on an increasingly intense way so that you grow closer and closer and closer. Now let's break this down and see, and this is, if you can't tell, this is really, really, uh, I'm really enthused about this because this talks about how this Word of God can impact your entire person. The Word of God being devoted to the Word of God is going to help you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Psalm 119, 9 through 16. We already read that. But remember how it was talking about rejoicing? What part of that is you? What part of that? Emotions. Emotions. Spending time in God's Word is going to help you love and get enthused and be uh, passionate about following God and loving Him. There's other verses in there that would talk about your will and your brains. Acts 17 10 through 12. Read that for us, please. There was a group of believers in the city of uh, Berea, so they were called Bereans, and they were intense about studying the Word. And it, it reminded me of the intellectual part of this. They were studying it to learn what it meant. They were doing it how often? How often were they doing it? Daily. Every daily they were digging into the Word of God. So devotion to the Word of God is an intellectual activity. Now this scares me and it probably scares a lot of you because a lot of followers of Christ have whittled down devotion to God as simply intellectually understanding what He says. Not the case. We've already seen that. It's just a part of it. But it's an important part. Jesus in John 4 says that the Father wants people to worship Him and uh, Dad next week will explain more what He means by worshiping Him but He wants them to worship them in in Him in spirit and in truth. Spirit is the emotions, but truth is the intellect. Doctrine. Uh, there is a, a right understanding of what God is saying. We believe that God has one meaning in what He says. And what He says, He means. We need to understand there's an intellectual understanding of the Word of God. 
There's an emotional connection with the Word of God. And Will, Aaron was praying about this. He asked that, the, that we would be open to obeying what God wants. Your passions, your desires have to be open to the Word of God. And as I read that God wants me or that God commends those followers who study the Word daily like the Bereans, then my will needs to be open to changing my schedule and changing my activities and spending time daily in the Word. It's all connected. It's all connected. And as a devoted church, each one of us has to be devoted to connecting with God through His Word intellectually, with our will, and emotionally. Soul. I love this one. Maybe my favorite. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your soul? It means that God is your life. God is not a part of your life. God is your life. And next week we'll hear it reinforced that every part of your life can be lived for Him. Scripture says that eating and drinking can be done in a way that glorifies God. You can eat and you can drink to glorify God. You can work wherever you work. Medline is a safe one to throw out. A good chunk of our body works at Medline. You can work at Medline and glorify God. God is your life. And everything you do can fit into being done for God. And Colossians 3, God's Word, talks about this. Dad, read that for us, please. Who is? Great, thanks, wife. When Christ, who is your life, appears. It's a parenthesis, it's kind of a side note, but the message, Christ is your life. Let's not miss that. And he goes on to even list, I didn't like that part so much because there's a couple of things that I've been guilty of. Anger, you ever been angry and sinned in that? List some things that would contradict Christ being our life. But the bottom line is that a a focused, devoted follower studies the Word so that Christ is our life and that we follow Him in that way. There was one more point of that 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 really stuck out to me. Oh, the verses that said that, that you used to be, you used to be a different person. That's talking about before you knew Christ as your Savior, before you received Christ as your Savior, you were a different person spiritually. And when you receive Christ as your Savior, you are a new person in Christ. And when that happens, Christ is your life. And the old stuff, the anger, the uh, immorality, even the, the, what did it talk about, foul language, all of that disappears if we're willing to make Christ our life and to cling to Him. And that's what it means when God says, love Him with all your soul. Make Him your life. And here's the bottom line. If Christ is our life, how devoted will we be to His Word? Christy was a huge part of my... still is. Christy is a huge part of my life. And in 1995, when we were getting to know each other, we would write letters every day during the summer. And when that letter came, because Christy was already such a big part of my life, I man, I was on that letter reading it. I was ready. It did not sit in a box for three days. I was reading it. 
You know what that's like. You know what it's like to be devoted and to have someone be such an important part of your life that you hang on every word. Let's hang on every word that God has for us. If Christ is our life, then we'll be devoted to His Word. Matthew 4, 3 and 4, I think is a, a cool example of Jesus Christ Himself. He always backed up what He said. Have you noticed that? That Christ says all this stuff, but He's not like us to where we're going to eventually stumble. You can see in my life, and I already confess that I've been struggling, but Christ never struggled in the area of sin. He was tempted all kinds, but in Matthew 4, 3 and 4, this is about Jesus. It says, The tempter, Satan, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus knew that God's words were his life and needs to be your life. And we need to hang and live on what God has to say make that a part of our lives starting this week and I think we'll see more devotion and more uh, closeness to God. Finally, I love this, love the Lord your God with all your might. Psalm 119 again. Go back there, please. This is a different section. Remember I talked to you about these different sections? It's a slightly different section. Another, probably my second favorite. No, I'm sorry, 33 through 40 is my second pair, but 17 through 24 is great too. Listen to these words and see how they tie into this increasing intensity. Do good to your servant and I will live. I will obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I'm a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are cursed and who stray from your commands. Remove from me scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Through ruler, though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Two things. One, verse 18, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things. It's a process of becoming more and more and more devoted to God and His Word. We haven't arrived. None of us have arrived. And I love how he says, open my eyes. He wants a deeper passion. He wants a more intense longing after God and following God. And then he talks about all kinds of things that would get in the way of that. And I love that because we can relate to those. There's all kinds of things that when you walk out these doors immediately are going to be hit with opposition. The cares of this life, other people's... Uh, persecution maybe, even family members, other people. The bottom line is keep working through it. Keep working through it. And ask like this uh, author did for God to open your eyes more and more and more to Him and to the importance of His Word. And then finally, Psalm 119, 33 through 40. Teach me, O Lord, to follow Your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. Preserve my life in your righteousness. Another process. Look at how many words in those verses are, are gradually growing. Teach me more growth. Give me understanding. I don't have all the understanding that I need right now. Give me more. More increased intensity. Direct me in the path. Turn my heart toward your statutes. Here's a harsh reality of life on this earth. You do not want in your flesh to study the Word of God. Can you feel that? You know what I'm saying on that? It is not easy to daily study this Word. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. Matthew was uh, commending, that right word? Uh, complimenting his wife, Matthew Johnson, so Leah. Complimenting Leah this week 
for her faithful diligence. Every night she gets into bed and she opens up her Bible. And he couldn't remember a night in the time where they'd been married where she didn't get into bed and open up her Bible. Is that easy every night, Leah? The pillow is calling, right? It is not easy. We need God to continually turn our heart to want to read more and more. But the bottom line is don't wait for your emotions to suddenly be engaged and drive you to want to read the Word. We've got to be in the Word even when it's tough. Even when our emotions say, no, oh, it'd be more enjoyable to watch NFL Live. No, I'm so tired, I have to sleep. No, I've got to get to work because I've got to make money. The bottom line is that we have to start somewhere. And never let your, your emotions or your desire dictate whether or not you're going to spend time in the Word. Because I promise you, if you haven't felt it, you will, that you will not want to read the Word all the time. We're weak. We're weak. And there will be times where you do not want to read the Word. Move through it. Get into the Word. And as we do, the exciting part of this, the encouraging part of this, is that He will turn our hearts more and more towards desiring Him. Turn my heart towards your statutes. Again, statutes meaning your Word. Turn my heart. Give me that desire. And then I love verse 37. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Have your eyes seen any worthless things this week? Have you spent any time, energy, or affection on anything that doesn't matter for eternity? I have. Let's make it our prayer that as we ask God to turn our hearts toward His Word, as we spend time in His Word, that we also ask Him to turn our, our eyes away from worthless things. We've already said that that uh, you can glorify God whatever you're doing, but we know that there are parts of our lives that our time is spent on certain things that are worthless, that we're not doing for God. And we need to ask God to continually turn our eyes away from those worthless things. We know some of them are worthless for sure because the Scripture talks about sinful things that we can look at. We know, there's no debate when it comes to some of the sinful things that are out there. I just heard a study on the radio station yesterday that they monitored uh, two, uh, two sh- what do you call it, networks, MTV and uh, BET, I believe, and there was an organization that counted what they thought were objectionable content. Within a 14-day span, they found 33,000 instances of what they would consider objectionable content, either sexual immorality being promoted, even down to criminal activity, drug sales, drug usage. Down the line you go. Filth. And we fill our minds with it. We look at it. We've got to turn our eyes away from looking at worthless things. And as we spend time, as we're devoted to God's teaching, that's going to happen. This is the purifier. God will purify you and He'll use His Word to do it. Let's be devoted to Him. Let's be devoted with all our heart, with all our... Where am I going? With all our soul and with all our strength, with that intensity. There we go. Our heart, our soul, and with our strength, our increasing intensity. That's what devoted to the Apostles' teaching is all about. And as we do that as a family and as individuals, we are going to see some awesome things. God wants your life to be fantastic. And He will give you meaning and hope and purpose and excitement and joy and fulfillment when it's found in Him. And your devotion to His Word is where it all starts. leave you with a couple of discussion questions and I'd encourage you to take these back to your small group this week and I would encourage you like we were encouraged Wednesday, last Wednesday to be real with each other. Let's talk about these things where they hit us. We are real people and we have real needs. We've got to talk about these. So first of all, talk together about that Deuteronomy 6.5. The heart, the soul, and the might 
Talk about how that impacts you. Remind each other about what parts of us we're talking about there. And relate that to your relationship with God. And talk practically. How is your devotion in all these areas going to improve? Secondly, talk about how you're doing with the reading of God's Word. And be open with each other. Be open. We know that there's the right answer to give each other. We also know that oftentimes there's a very different picture in reality. So I'd encourage you in those smaller, more intimate groups, bear your heart to each other, level with each other, and help each other to talk through how we're going to be more devoted to God's Word. If you want, if you're a structured, more of a structured person, put a plan together as a team. I, my wife was talking to two of her, her friends and, and they're agreeing to ask each other. Just simply ask every Sunday, Wednesday, every time they meet, how are you doing on reading the Word? How are you doing on memorizing Scripture? Build in those accountabilities because as a team, we can grow in our devotion to God. And as we do, man, look out. God is going to do some fabulous things through our lives and in our lives. So I am enthused about this. Uh, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to grow with you. I'm ready to learn from you. And together, I think God has some great things. Let's uh, ask Him to make this happen as we leave here. Father, all of this would, uh, would not be very effective if we left it at the door. If we refuse to obey You, if we refuse to learn from what You have said to us in the last 45 minutes, if we were unwilling to change it would be a waste of time. Lord, if we're open to You working, if we truly want to grow in our devotion to You, then it is, it's really great what You're going to do. It's cool to think about all the, the wonderful ways You're going to draw us closer to Yourself this week. So Lord, make us more devoted to Your Word. And as we uh, really push for that as individuals, allow that to impact each other. We're a family. We're a team. We're not in this alone. And let us build each other up, please, Lord. Let us take those opportunities and let's uh, be effective in following You as we seek to be more devoted to Your Word. Thank You for this family. Thank You for this time. And we ask for Your blessing. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.